When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies. And today we have a community birth story I absolutely love having members of our community come on and share about their experience. There are so many different ways to birth and so many times when someone has one idea for their birth and it turns into a different way. And I think it is so important to hear all the different unfoldings of birth. So as you head into your birth, you have a variety that you can envision. You have been informed about all the possibilities from listening to these birth stories. So I'm so excited for you to hear Adia's story. So let me tell you about who our community member is. It is Dia Deerstein. She is a professional dancer turned yoga teacher with a passion for alignment, focus, and creative sequencing. She received her 200-hour yoga teacher training through Yoga Vita and her 85-hour prenatal yoga certification through Prenatal Yoga Center studying with me. (laughs) She's absolutely wonderful, and I really, really enjoyed this conversation. What you're going to hear from this is how Dia had envisioned her birth and how it turned out, how she used her yoga practice and her pranayama throughout her practice, and really how she was able to use concentration and breath to help her through some really difficult moments. She also shares a bit about uh, stumbling through postpartum, as many of us, in fact, I'd venture to say all of us do. It can be bumpy, and I love that we talk about that so that we take away any idea that everything's always smooth sailing. Let's wipe that away and recognize that the transition into parenthood has its ups and downs. And Dia just so beautifully talks about that. Now, before we get to that, we're entering a new year. And I just want to say thanks again for being part of our community as we enter this new year. So thank you. We continue to add classes and workshops. We have more on-demand workshops starting here in January. So check that out. So we're always adding to the library. We have more classes. So check all that out in studio, online. And you can check everything out on our website, prenatalyogacenter.com. And while you're there, you can grab a free downloadable. This way, if you can't get into class, you've got something that you can just check in. It is called Five Simple Solutions to the Most Common Pregnancy Pain. So check that out. And then last two things I want to touch base on. If you are someone that is deep into yoga, you're already a teacher and you want to know how to support and serve your pregnant postpartum students, check out our website. We have got 
tons of information about how to join our teacher training program. It's a pretty in-depth 85-hour, probably more hours than that, prenatal training. And coming up this spring, we have a postnatal training. The postnatal will be online, and the prenatal twice a year happens in person and twice a year happens online. So check that out. And then the last thing I just want to put out to you as a community, and I want to thank so many of you that have taken me up on this. If I haven't covered a topic or a guest you think would be perfect, for me, let me know. They, you can fill out the application to be on the podcast, or if you have a topic I haven't covered, just reach straight to me at deb at prenatalyogacenter.com because I want to hear from you and I will do the best I can to find a wonderful expert to speak on the topic that you're interested in. All right, enough of me. We're going to take a super quick break. When we come back. Please enjoy my conversation with Dia. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Dia. How are you? I'm doing pretty well today. How are you? I'm great. I'm really excited to talk to you. You know, I love birth stories, but I especially love birth stories of people that I've gotten to know. And I haven't really heard too much of yours, but it definitely sounds like there are some twists and turns that I'm excited to hear a bit about. So thanks <laughs> yeah. for coming on. Thanks for having me. I was really honored when you invited me to um, to share my story. So oh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. So I got to know you a little bit during the training, but why don't you just share a little bit about yourself and also how you got into yoga? Yeah. So I guess maybe I'll start with how I got into yoga. I have a dance background. I'm a modern dancer and I was, you know, like hustling around the city as we tend to do and I don't know, feeling a little burnt out with movement and, you know, identity crisis after identity crisis. And, um, one of my best friends was taking a lot of yoga and she invited me along and I was a little hesitant at first. I had taken a class like I, many years before a Bikram class and it just really brought up a lot of stuff. And I ended up like sitting on the floor and crying for an hour after class. And I was like, I don't know if I have time for that kind of thing right now. Um, but I ended up going with her. It was just a, an open vinyasa class and it was amazing. And it completely, I, I mean, it's a little dramatic, but I feel like it did completely sort of change my life in this huge way. I started going all the time and I loved like having this opportunity to just move in a room full of bodies, all taking the same breath at the same time. And I felt really empowered, but also loved being sort of lost in the sea of the bodies. And it was just really amazing. And, um, and then suddenly like my dancing got better and, you know, my relationships were more exciting and I just really, uh, and that was like 2014, I think. And, and after that, I was really feeling this call to like be a yoga teacher. I never wanted to teach dance. It just like didn't feel like the right fit, but something about like this love and this awakening I was having from this yoga experience, I really wanted to um, be part of it in a deeper way. But it was six years later when I finally did a teacher training because of course they're expensive and you have to find the time and, and a lot of those things didn't line up. But in 2020, I finally did a teacher training and I haven't looked back since I've, 
I've had the opportunity to teach so much since then. And, and just, um, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I didn't realize that you had been relatively new to teaching when you did our training. Cause you came in really, it seemed like a very seasoned teacher. Like you really knew how to take the seat of the teacher. I guess also that part of that probably comes from the dance background that you have body awareness and you know how to hold the space and how to see bodies. But I, I'm kind of floored by that. I guess I, I'm sure it was on your application. I guess I just missed that. Wow. I really appreciate you saying that. Um, it, it, at the most, or I, it just really confirms the way that I feel, which is that, um, I was meant to be doing it. Yeah. And of course my body awareness, you know, coming from the dance background, I think has really helped me a ton having confidence, at least to be like, I know what alignment is like, you yeah. know, and having that understanding, especially, you know, with the asana portion of yoga and yeah. especially teaching prenatal yoga, you know, like it really, it's a comp, it's like a little bit of, of confidence that you have walking in that maybe somebody who doesn't have that background doesn't have. I um, agree. And I'll, I'll try not to I'll move the topic off of yoga just to be, but one thing I will say is I also think having a dance background, you know, how to see bodies, like you can really mm-hmm. look at a body and be like, I understand why you're leg is that way because it's coming from your hip or understand Mm -hmm. what's happening in your spine because we have to look here. So it's a different type of seeing and understanding movement and origin. All right. I'll get off the topic. Yeah. I I know. I could, I could talk more about that too, but yeah, completely. All right. So let's shift gears to pregnancy. Wow. Okay. So I was thrilled when you told me you were pregnant and that was just so exciting. So I want to hear a little bit about how overall, how was your pregnancy? Overall, I'd say my pregnancy was really easy. I um I have a couple girlfriends who were pregnant around the same time as me and had tons of nausea and were really struggling and I was like, I'm doing pretty okay. I don't have that. So I, I that sort of gave me a framework for how I think I was feeling inside of my pregnancy. Um and I'd say that it overall that's that lasted all the way through all the trimesters. I did towards the end have some pubic symphysis pain and some pretty extreme like insomnia. I was up every night from like two to four because my baby was dancing around. And also just because, um, I don't know, cause I was up (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, and then the one thing, uh, that we did have to monitor through the pregnancy was that I had something called a villamentous cord insertion. Have you heard of this? I have. Yes. Yeah. So I hadn't, but what I learned is that, um, you know, the umbilical cord comes from your baby and it plugs right into the middle of your placenta for like a, what's considered, I guess, a quote, normal connection. But with the velamentous cord ins- uh, insertion, it's not in the center. It's a little off center. And it's also not like inside of the placenta, it's connected outside. And so in my case, um, nobody gave me like big alarm bells cause for concern, but I did get some extra ultrasounds because what can happen is that, um, babies can be quite small or like don't grow as much as they could. Mm -hmm. And so that'll come into play a little bit later when I tell you about my birth story. But, um, but for all intents and purposes that was monitored well and didn't create a lot of, of issues throughout the pregnancy, everything was looking pretty good. So how, so you have this background as a prenatal yoga teacher and mm-hmm. we covered a ton of childbirth ed, but how did you yeah. prepare? <laughs> You're like, yes, we did. Um, so <laughs> how did you prepare 
for birth, knowing, having such a foundation? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was thinking about how to answer this question. So during the training that we did, I was pretty open about the fact that I had just had my second miscarriage. And, um, and so that certainly influenced the way that I came into my third pregnancy, which is sort of happened really quickly after, after my last miscarriage, which was really exciting and also sort of scary. And so because of that, um, I spent the whole first trimester being really, um, I don't want to say precious, but maybe a little bit precious with the way that I was moving through my own personal practice. I went to, um, I had acupuncture every week for the whole first trimester and I was just trying to keep stress levels really low and just sort of, uh, I had resolved that like, I wasn't going to allow any sort of fear into my body. Not that I think that that has anything to do with like my previous miscarriages, but I just really wanted to create this space that, that I was allowed to celebrate that I was pregnant and allowed to be excited about it, even though I've had this past experience. So that was a huge part of how, how I, um, I prepared for, I guess, my pregnancy and then preparing for childbirth. You know, I reviewed some of the books that we had read in training. Um, oh gosh. And of course I can't remember the main one that I read that I like really dove into, but, um, I bet yeah. it was transformed by birth. That's just my guess. You that know, seems it to be a wasn't. Favorite. Really? That's the oh, one that comes to my mind. I know. And I wish that I had, there, it just felt like there wasn't enough time to read all the materials and dive into all the things that I wanted to do to prepare for this, for this birth. Uh Um, I think probably the main thing that I, that I did, although I do love this quote from transformed by birth, which is that birth doesn't ask you to be fearless. It asks you to be brave. And I definitely like kept that message with me big time. Um, but I think that mostly I just like spent a lot of time, like just breathing (laughs) And, and just being really kind to my body and make sure that I was eating enough and resting enough and really just sort of, I was, I worked really hard to carve out a lot of space for myself, maybe not in one specific way, but just like in, I don't know, in sort of this overarching way of like, I am pregnant. I want to take care of myself. I'm going to move my body when I can. I'm going to sleep when I can. I'm going to eat as well as I can. And, um, Yeah. I like that because it probably also gave you confidence realizing you were doing everything you can for yourself and for your baby and then also have to relax the grip saying, I'm doing everything I can and now it's just going to have to be as it is. Exactly. Because, you know, you learn so quickly that you think you have control over things, but you really don't. No. And that's that's (laughs) highlighted when that baby comes out. (laughs) Yeah, completely. So with some education and background and probably time to think about what you want your birth to be like. What was your vision? Cause I know it changed from what you had envisioned. So what was that kind of initial it, idea? Yeah, it completely changed. I keep thinking about like my birth plan and just like big, like LOL is all I can think when I think birth plan, like Um, I envisioned for myself, you know, that I would labor at home for as long as possible. I had four one one, like in my mind, um, just explain what that is. So people like four one one, what is that? (laughs) Yeah. So that my contractions, uh, are four minutes apart, lasting one minute each for an hour. Um, 
And I think that it's recommended that you start maybe thinking about going to the hospital around like six or five one, one, but I really wanted to like push it to the last moment. Um, and that I would show up ready to go and have this beautiful vaginal birth and, um, yeah. And then I would hold my baby and it would just all be, I don't want to say easy cause I didn't think it would be easy, but I just had this vision of myself as this, this creature that would like birth their child really naturally. And it would be all instinct and, and that would I don't know, like roar in the <laughs> delivery room or something, you know? Um, but I'm not laughing not... at you. It's like the roar. <laughs> that's, yes, that's I know. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you know, <laughs> I do. Yes. It's, it's not what happened. So let's just jump into, let's hear your birth story. Yeah. So, um, so because of this velamentous cord insertion, I had been monitored throughout my pregnancy, had these like additional ultrasounds and my daughter was growing totally. I mean, she was tiny, but I'm also petite. So, you know, she was growing in a way that made the doctors comfortable. We felt comfortable, but around, let's see, like 39 weeks, um, they said that well, they recommended that I go in for an induction and they wanted, they told me like three days before my actual due date, but I couldn't actually get in until the day before. Um, and by that point, you know, it's like first thing on the birth plan doesn't check out and that's okay because I did prepare myself that like, it's very likely that all the things that I have planned would not go to plan. Um, and also at that point I was sort of excited to like meet this baby. And so I was like, all right, well, if she's not growing the way that they want her to towards the very end, which I guess is when this can show up. And I really trust my medical team. And they're saying that I should go in for an induction. Then like, that's what we're going to do. Let's go. Like, let's party. We're ready, you know? So, uh, we got into, um, triage. Let's see Thursday night around 7 PM. The hospital is really busy. Um, apparently, and we couldn't actually get into a room. So we spent the night in triage and, uh, my husband and I were, you know, sharing this tiny little bed and my parents were in town. And also we were in the process of moving from the Hudson Valley back to Brooklyn, which I do not recommend doing, but we were in the middle of all this chaos. So to have this quiet moment in triage with my husband where we were like eating bad hospital sandwiches and watching a baseball game. I was like, this is kind of like a date. I was like really jazzed about <laughs> the last it. <laughs> you'd have for a while. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I also was starting to feel maybe a little bit of a contraction happening. And I was like, Ooh, I'm not going to be induced. This pregnancy is coming on. Everything's going to be great. And, you know, so we ended up spending the night in triage and the next morning, of course, like my contractions hadn't really progressed anything past, like maybe a little whisper of something every 10 minutes or so. Um, and so we get into the room and so the induction process starts and, um, so they gave me Cytotec and then they inserted a Foley balloon and, um, hoping that I would dilate. And so while I was waiting for those things to sort of work, I was really focused on like keeping my 
just keeping my spirits up and trying to get some like a natural oxytocin happening. So we're in the room and I'm bouncing on a bouncy ball and I have my yoga mat out and I'm just sort of moving around. And we have, we must've watched like eight hours of the voice, <laughs> just oh, like <laughs> trying to keep something like, you know, like trying to keep the mood light yeah. and, and, and just be in the space and just be sort of chill. But, um, it took a long time for my body to op- start to open up. Um, longer than I thought it would. So we went the full, I think we went the full 12 hours with the Foley bulb in our balloon in and, um, and Were you able to rest at all during that time. No, you know, it would have been a really smart move for me to take a nap, a really smart move. But the night before in triage, you know, we we're like up late, you know, I couldn't sleep very well. And the next day I'm just sort of like ready for this thing to happen. And I didn't know that I would still be doing this like two days later. So, yeah. So I was just sort of up and I think I was excited and, and I didn't really have perspective on like that I should rest up or that I should try to eat or anything. I was just sort of like, I don't know. Hey, you want to meet your baby. You're like, all right, let's get this show going. Exactly. And hindsight is of course, 2020, but so anyway, so, um, eventually they get to start Pitocin and that was, Friday night around 10 PM. Um, and from there forward, the ride was just so wild for me. I just like the contractions were so intense and they lasted like, you know, two minutes. Like they, they just seemed to last forever and we were so tired and it was just this, like, it was just a really long journey. And what was really incredible to me during that time is the way that I was able to use my yoga practice, my breath work and my ability to sort of turn my, my focus inward and, and get through these things. I was really determined not to have any pain medication. And actually like a couple hours in one of, and in my birth plan also was like, don't offer it to me. But one of the nurses started to offer me, um, IV pain medication. And, and my husband was like, like, Nope, we don't want it. And I was like, wait, I want to hear her offer it to me. And so she did. And I was like, no, I don't want it. And then, so she was like, so do you want some combs? And my husband was like, want some combs? What are you talking about? And I was like, yeah, I'll take the combs. Like, don't give me the pain medication, but give me those bristly combs. So I spent like hours just like squeezing these little bristles into my palms, which actually did help. Um, but it was just like such a funny, like, well, do you want this thing that is guaranteed to make the pain go away? Or do you want this other thing? That's like kind of comical. And I'm like, take the comedy. Thank you. Can I say that I absolutely love that the nurse even understood like the whole gate theory and be like, okay, here's some combs. Like I, 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 while it's funny, it's absolutely funny. It's also kind of in my mind, remarkable that someone was attuned to like, okay, I can't, I'm not going to help you this way, but I do have something else that can help you. So I just find hilarious that's true and I hadn't thought about that I just like it just yeah that's a really good point and the fact that this like it worked (laughs) really amazing like it did help distract me a little bit and take some of the focus away from these intense contractions yeah Uh, we're gonna take a quick break when we come back let's just pick up where we left off combs in hand working it through all right we'll be right back Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. 
With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Okay, we are back. All right, so we were left off. You were squeezing the combs. And what squeezing I, the combs. <laughs> and let's just I'm just gonna super quickly interject. So this is what we call the gate theory of pain management, where the combs are pretty uncomfortable to squeeze, but it blocks the sensation. Only one sensation can override, and it was that that comb sensation. If anyone's never tried this, go grab a comb and firmly press it into your hand. It's not so comfortable, but it overrides the other pain of the contractions. So, all right, take it from there. (laughs) Yeah, completely. And so with combs in hand and uh, sort of struggling through these contractions, what I really liked about this team of of, uh, doctors, or I guess I don't want to say teams of doctors because what I like about it is that there were also midwives on this team. And so my OB, who I had been going to throughout this pregnancy, wasn't on call, but there was this fantastic midwife on call. And she came in and I was like struggling through squeezing these combs. And she just came over and she was like, put the effort where the effort needs to be. Don't put effort anywhere else, which is something we talk about in our prenatal yoga classes, something I talk about in my vinyasa yoga classes. But to have that reminder in that moment really changed the way that like I was able to manage the pain for the rest of the time that, that I was in labor. And I suddenly like every time a contraction came instead of scrunching my shoulders up by my ears and sort of gripping these combs and pressing my fists into the bed, which is what I was doing. I was able to relax my shoulders, still squeeze these combs, but, you know, relax my body and be more open to the wave and the sensation and also breathe and also vocalize this deep hum that really got me through each contraction. And it was, it was sort of profound to me that I don't know that this woman could come in, this, you know, midwife could come in and see where I was at and offer me the exact right thing to say. Mm. Um, I just, yeah, I'm so thankful to her for that, for that moment. And because of that, I was able to really go very deep into myself every time these contractions came. And my husband has this picture he took of me where I just look like such a peaceful person meditating on my bed. But I know that like, I was not, maybe I was at peace, but I know that what was happening is that I was managing a contraction in that moment. And I just feel so powerful knowing that I was able to, to do that. And and love what you just said. You were, you were at peace. You can be in a lot of sensation, and please correct me if I'm reading into this, but you could no. have a tremendous amount of sensation, but you could still be at peace with what was happening because you were yes. letting it work through you instead of it working you. That's how I'm interpreting yeah. it. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And thank you for, thank you for saying that. That's exactly what I mean. Um, what I need to say. Oh, um, yeah, That's yeah, so powerful. Totally. I'm just envisioning, I'm just envisioning you like, I don't know, the, I could be totally wrong, but I'm like envisioning you on a birth ball, like near your bed and like squeezing your combs and everything is just soft looking, but that's what pops into my head. 
Yeah, it's close. It's sitting on my bed facing towards the back with a blanket around me, just like <laughs> eyes closed. That's <laughs> like, beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful and and inspiring to to folks out there, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it can totally. I'm inspired by it. <laughs> All right, so I interrupted, so I'm sorry. Keep no, going. that's okay. You know, I I think something about recounting a birth story also is that I was so deep inside of it that it's sort of it's hard to like make sure that I get all the details or I'm like, does that, what happened? I don't know. This is what I think happens. Um, I guess is my experience of what happens. But so, um, yeah, so I guess long story short, this, these contractions and this sort of process goes on for like 24 hours. And, um, and I just was kind of amazed also that like I could have all of these huge sensations and be sort of nearing the peak of what I think that I can handle. And then the minute that they stop, I'm like nodding off to sleep. And then, you know, like I'm woken up by this other sensation, which maybe just speaks to the level of exhaustion. But I don't know. The body is sort of incredible. The body's like, okay, we have to be awake right now because this thing is happening. But the second we can get a little bit of rest, let's try to take it and then wake up again to go another round. Um, so yeah. So by the end, again, this miracle midwife came in and at one point she said to me something along the lines of, uh, basically sussing out if I am suffering or if I am just sort of enduring the pain. And maybe those aren't the right words, but basically the idea is like, you've been doing this for a long time. I need you to sort of figure out like, is this, do you need help? And I think she was prepping me. She didn't say this, but later the, my, my perspective on it now is her like sort of prepping me for like, have you done all you can do? Do you need a little bit of main pain management? Do you need some help or do you have more to give? Can you sort of press on? And that's really up to me to decide and sort of start considering. Right. And at the same time, um, I, I think I was nine centimeters dilated. I wasn't, maybe I was, oh gosh, this is where I need my husband to remember these things. I wasn't, I wasn't effaced enough for like, for us to feel like things were ready to go. And, um, and baby needed to descend down a little bit more. And so my midwife was like, I need you to get down on your yoga mat and I need you to do some, some moves. I need you to open up. She didn't use these words, but she basically wanted me to do some like external rotation moves where I can open up the, you know, the inlet of my pelvis and help this baby descend down a little bit more. And so like I mustered all the strength I could and I got down on my yoga mat and it really felt like, man, oh man, that was like the last bit of, uh, I don't know if this is true. The last bit of like true, true effort where I was down there with my blocks and, you know, I'm like trying to step forward into an ingenue with my front foot rotated out a little bit and rock back and forth, just like we do in prenatal yoga classes, just like I know to do. And, and I was just like working it out and it was so painful. And I think because it was working because my baby's head was coming down a little bit, but it was intense and I wasn't dilating enough. And so eventually at like the 24 hour mark, she was like, again, this midwife, you know, talking to me a little bit. And I was like, I would like an epidural. And she was like, okay, great. Um, and so I was, by that time, I was so thankful, so thankful for this pain medication 
just like, I really felt like I had given it my all and I was exhausted. And the thought of doing this for another 12 hours, waiting for this baby to like be ready or like to, to, to descend down. I just like, I don't know. I just, I felt, I felt at peace with needing a break and needing help. And, um, and so I had an epidural and it was fantastic. (laughs) And then I was chatty immediately after just like, so thankful for this break. But so, um, then I got to rest, I got to sleep. And so let me think. So the epidural happened. Um, and then they broke my waters. And then I got to rest a little bit as we waited for things to like progress and they continued to give me Pitocin. But what happened at that point is that, um, every time I had a contraction, my daughter's heartbeat would drop. And so after about like three rounds of the nurses coming in and now the OB who's on call coming in, um, monitoring her. And of course I'm sleeping in between all this and my husband's sleeping on the couch next to me. Um, they discovered that I had gone from nine centimeters dilated back to five. And at that point I was like, okay, I know where this is going. And so we woke my husband up. And of course, if by that point, um, it was determined that I needed a cesarean, which was not part of my birth plan at all. Um, I mean, you know, none of this was really part of the birth plan. (laughs) Um, but I was like, okay, if that's, what's gotta happen, that's, what's gotta happen. Like baby's in distress. It's not an emergency yet, but I don't want to wait until it is an emergency. And we've been here for a long time. And, you know, I feel like I've had the cascade of interventions have happened and let's just do this. Let's go. So really quickly after that, um, they brought me into the room and, uh, I made some terrible joke about like, it's some Grey's Anatomy reference. At that point, I was so loopy. And thankfully, the hospital staff gave me the courtesy laugh I needed. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and then, you know, my daughter was born. And it all happened so fast. And it was kind of crazy. And I, they like lifted her up over the sheet. And I, and I remember thinking like, wow, there really was a baby in there this whole time. It's just like, it's the most surreal experience of my life. And, um, she's healthy and my husband gets to hold her and bring her over to me. And yeah. And and there she is. And now I'm a mom (laughs) is yeah, really wild. I think I'm still, honestly, I think that I'm still processing the whole thing. Um, you know, I've shared like my birth story with my friends, but, but I don't know that I fully understand it yet myself. Like I know what happened and I, and I understand my experience of it, but it all still feels a little bit like a dream. Yeah. That was one of the things I was going to ask is like, how have you processed it? Because it was so different than you had envisioned that, like you said, it could feel like a dream and you're like, what part? And when it feels dreamlike, it could be like, what part was I really in that? Like, it feels like sometimes you're watching it then yeah. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. That's how I felt about my birth is really different than I thought. Um, cause it just took mm-hmm. so long. And when I yeah. recount it, sometimes it's just as like, was I really there? Or is this just kind of in my head now? I don't know. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense at all. Yeah, it makes sense. And I, and I look at my daughter in my arms and I'm like, you're inside of me. That yeah. is crazy. And processing the whole thing. I mean, what I can say is that I hate to admit that I do have a little bit of 
mourning over the fact that my body wasn't able to go into labor on its own and a little bit of mourning over the fact that I didn't get to experience what it's like to push my baby out of my body on my own. Um, and I think that those are things that I'm still sort of processing and just starting to say out loud. Um, I think that's real and that's important. I'm so glad you said that because I think what happens, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but so many times people are like, oh, well, you have this healthy baby. That's all that matters. But if you had Mm -hmm. an idea and it didn't happen that way, there is a loss. There is a mourning of, I really craved this experience. And while, of course, you're thankful, and again, please, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's easy to be Mm -hmm. thankful for this amazing baby you have and the bill and the thankfully we have such things as cesareans. It doesn't take away that it wasn't necessarily how you wanted it. You could have both. You could be grateful for the health of yourself and your baby and the opportunity for a C-section. And you could still be a little bit like, Hmm, why didn't it work this way? At least that's how I'm interpreting it. So again, please, I don't want to put words in your mouth. No. Yeah, completely. And, um, I think that goes back to my, my vision of like this animalistic, totally natural thing that, that I thought would happen. And what actually happened was that I needed a lot of help and thank God I had such a good team. And, uh, a piece that I keep forgetting is that while they were, while they were in there (laughs) taking my daughter out, one of the doctors said that my sacrum was, um, was protruding, I guess it was a little concave into, uh, the birth canal essentially. And so she never would have been able to descend anyway. So that was the piece that was sort of holding it back. And I don't know why I keep forgetting that as part of the story. Um, but just like maybe, you know, maybe it was always going to be a cesarean section and I didn't know because of my anatomy, like no, you know, even my best effort, which actually, let me take that back. I gave it my best effort, but despite my best effort, you know, um, maybe that was always the story. And, and that does create a little bit of peace within me when I remember that. That's so interesting. I know. And now I want to go to a chiropractor and be like, tell me about the <laughs> You know a lot about the sacred, my friend. <laughs> well, right. But mine, mine specifically. Yeah. Like, let me see this thing. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I did a podcast with a ballerina, Megan Fairchild, and she had a really similar response. Is like when she had a cesarean for her first, she's like, why didn't my body work how I wanted mm-hmm. to? I am a master of my body. She's, you know, she's a professional ballerina and you're a dancer too. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to- you have control over your body and it could feel that much more overwhelming where you're like, this is my instrument. I know this body. I know how to work yeah. this body. And it didn't quite work how you'd wanted it to. I'm going to send you that link to that podcast because I bet you could no, please relate to that. I would love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, thankfully I'm really kind to my body in that way. <laughs> like I don't feel that my body has failed me in any way. And I didn't feel that in the moment either. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Thankfully, I know that that's, that's a whole other journey that can be really torturous. Um, oh man, what was I going to say? I totally lost track of what I was going to say. <laughs> that's okay. These things happen. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about using your pranayama and your yoga practice during labor. How is, how has mm-hmm. that come into play? Either if you want to talk more about it during labor, but also now that you're in the postpartum period, which can have its bumps. And I'd love to hear about mm. your experience in postpartum as well. But I'm just kind of throwing it all at you. Where do you want to pick that up? Yeah. 
Yeah, actually, it just came back to me. What I wanted to say is that um, every time I think I have an idea, and this is universal, it's not just in my birth, but like I have an idea of how I think something's going to go, or I'm like, I'm so intuitive, I've got this all covered. It it often, let's say 50% of the time, it goes in the complete opposite direction. And I try to take that just as like, it's a little bit of a humbling and a humility piece that I must have needed or that I'll welcome in to help me like grow, continue to grow and continue to learn and never feel like, um, I know everything all the time. And so that applies to this question also, because I was not prepared for postpartum. I just like, I don't know what I thought would happen, but I had this beautiful baby in my arms and I didn't, I guess I just didn't do the research then, but like, I didn't know what cluster feeding was. Like I was like, definitely going to breastfeed, but all the women in my family had such an easy time. Um, I'm sorry, uh, chest feeding or, you know, feeding their baby from their bodies. And, um, and I'm on this journey right now where we're like, that's not super easy. And for the first two weeks, um, my daughter was really fussy and we weren't sure what was going on, but it turns out she was just super hungry because, um, I wasn't producing enough milk for her. So thankfully we worked with a really good lactation consultant who has helped us. And she since put on two pounds and she's just a little round, happy thing. <laughs> but like all of these like postpartum, like the feeding and the staying up late and the being so exhausted after being so exhausted from giving birth and just like, it never ends. And, um, and I feel she's six weeks now and my husband and I, I knock on wood, hope I'm not jinxing this. I feel like we're in sort of a good rhythm right now where we're starting to understand her and how to take care of her in a way that doesn't feel like, um, like I was sort of felt like I was two steps behind her at all times. I just like could not keep up with her and now we're feeling more comfortable, but it's been pretty difficult. And, and I don't know what I could have done to better prepare for that. Even if I was like really up on my lactation information, I don't know that I was prepared for the fact that like I would have issues producing milk or that we'd have to combo feed with formula and I'd have to be pumping every three hours around the clock. And, um, I have a lot of humor about it. Like I have a good sense of humor about it all, but it was really hard to start. And one of the things that has helped me is that I feel that I am surrounded by a lot of other people who happen to be having babies around the same time as me. So many of them, people who were in my prenatal yoga classes that I was teaching. Mm. And so that I didn't expect to be, I didn't expect to have, um, uh, to have the experience of like knowing these people through a class experience and having them as students, but then going on to like commiserate with them over being exhausted or having lactation issues or just like laughing over the fact that like, just when you think you got your baby to sleep, their one eye pops open and looks at you and you're like, Oh God, <laughs> you know, like it's these little things that have really, have really, um, I don't know, made me feel less alone in this. I'm so glad you found community because it is can be incredibly isolating. Postpartum can be incredibly isolating. So it's so wonderful that you found your folks, you found your people to, to support you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even as far as like, you know, a person that I went to high school with who, you know, we knew each other, went to a small school, but we weren't like friend friends. And now we're like, 
you know, chatting on Facebook and she just sent me like clothes that her babies have grown out of. I'm just like, so I love that. I'm so happy. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so overjoyed that, that I have this, um, surrounding me. And it's so fun. That sounds, it sounds like you, you've turned a corner. I'm really, really happy yeah. to hear that. And also to answer your questions, like how would you have prepared for any situation of lactation? Not some of these things you can't really prepare for. And I think you, what you did was you prepared by knowing a lactation consultant to reach out to. So it's not mm. like you necessarily can be like, okay, I might have latch issues or I might have supply issues. I'm going to know yeah. how to deal with that because that's not necessarily in your scope, but you did no. prepare yourself by <laughs> saying, if something comes up, here's who I reach out to, to help me get past that obstacle. Yeah. Yes. And she, she was amazing. I'm so thankful for her. And, um, let's give her a plug. Like, What's her, is it, is yeah. it a lactation consultant in Brooklyn or up in, uh, upstate? Oh, you know, I will plug her. Her name is Robin Franzoni, but she has since retired and, uh, she's a friend of my husband's family and she's just <laughs> helping us out of love. <laughs> well, thank you, Robin. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for yeah, but thank you, Robin. <laughs> Big time. Okay, we're going to take a yeah. quick break. And when we come back, think about one tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new or expectant parents. We'll be right back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we are back. So what is one final tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new or expectant parents? Uh, yes. I, um, I still feel like such a novice. So, uh, giving advice feels a little, I don't know, bizarre, but I will say that, um, what has really been helpful to me. And I think to us as a family here is just, um, accepting help from anybody who wants to help and lend a hand. Like if your friend wants to come over and hold the baby while you take a shower, let them, if your mom wants to come stay for a week, let her do that. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, except maybe it's not help, but just like finding community, finding other people who are in the same place as you, um, really, is useful in not feeling so alone in what feels like the craziest time in your life. That is great advice. That is great advice. <laughs> so where can people find your work? Oh, okay. Well, I am on YouTube. I have um, a little over 30 different videos on YouTube. If you like a short vinyasa flow, uh, you can find me. Uh, I think that's yoga with Dia. And then I also have a four part prenatal yoga series on the platform house of flow, which maybe we can link somewhere. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then other than that, I just moved back to Brooklyn. Eventually I'll start teaching in person again, but right now I'm really enjoying just being, being a mama at home. And 
as you know, I've already <laughs> reached out to you about this. Hopefully, I'll be teaching for PYC at some point. Ah, uh, yeah, I would love to. I can't wait to talk more about that. Yay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it is so important for people to hear all different birth scenarios and especially ones that didn't go as envisioned because that is more the reality of birth than those that mm-hmm. <laughs> had your, your vision board and actually followed that. So I love that you so bravely opened up and shared your story. So thank you. Thank you so much. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.